I thought everybody walked around and complained and things were just chaos and stressful, but you can find peace because you are your own inner guru. And it's really just listening to that inside voice, leaning into the fear and then getting quiet and listening to yourself. What is the truth and what is trying to keep holding me back? Welcome to Finding Your Fears podcast, sharing lessons and stories about creating the life and business you deserve. With me, your fears guide, Carolyn Colleen. Hello, and welcome to Finding Your Fierce podcast, where we interview, we hear stories of ferocity, we have insight, and we have heartfelt connection with tools and tips for you to be able to continue on your journey of finding your fears. Today, I'm honored to have Amber Sister Buddha. <laughs> I'm so excited <laughs> to talk about finding your fears. And Amber, oh my goodness, it's been a beautiful journey since the day that we met. And I would love for you to share with people who are unaware of your beautiful ferocity, where you were, where you are, and where you're headed to. So let's start with that. This is going to take a lot longer than the time slot that we've got. <laughs> My story starts just about anybody else's. I grew up in a small Midwestern town. In that town, everybody has the same way of thinking, the same way of coping. So I grew up surrounded by people that drank. That was what people did for fun, what people did when they were stressed out, mad, sad, celebrating birthdays, all of the things. That's the same path that I fell into. And when I was 22 years old, my mom passed away from alcoholism. She was 44. And the older I get, the more I realize how young that really was. But when she passed away, I thought there needs to be more resources for people. Somebody else needs to change the way things are. I was a small Midwestern girl that grew up surrounded in a community by people that drank because they were happy, sad, mad, all of the things. When I was a teenager, that's kind of the same path that I followed because that's what everybody else did around me. And when I became a teenager, we were independent. We didn't really need her as much because she hadn't healed from her traumas as a child. She really leaned into the alcohol. And when I was 22, she passed away. During that time, I thought there needs to be more resources. There needs to be somebody out there that's changing things. And I didn't realize it at the time, but that person was me. And it took me 11 years of struggling with my grief and using alcohol to cope until I was faced with this moment of this is either going to be my life or I'm going to be the one that breaks these generational curses. It was actually sitting in a bar on a bar stool when you walked in and we didn't know each other at the time. I'll never forget that you laughed at one of my jokes and you said that I was funny. I was like, she really means that. Like, I am funny. There was something about your energy. You said that I could run a 5K. And 
it was the first time that I thought my life could be more than what it is. I really started to embody that. I started figuring out, okay, how does money work? And just created a budget, did the Dave Ramsey thing. It was that pivotal moment then that I decided to quit drinking. And then the curtains were pulled back and I had clarity. It was like, what do I want to do with my life? My life is full of infinite possibilities now that I've done the impossible. From there, we went and I'd been reading about real estate investing for five years. It gave me the courage to be able to take that leap and to make that first purchase on that house. It was a complete learning lesson. And we love that house. In the middle of that house, we went and we bought our second house. And I thought, are we crazy? We're not even done with the first one. It was also things like changing schools for my son, pulling him from traditional school and putting him in a school that fosters his uniqueness and doesn't put him in a box. That was a big thing. And then there was this stirring inside of me that I needed to go and find out who I was. And I couldn't do that by staying in the same town of 4,000 people that I'd known my entire life and being surrounded by all of the safe things because there was something inside of me that said, there's more to this, there's more to me. We decided to make this giant life pivot we sold our primary residence, we quit our W-2 jobs, and we set out on the seven-month road trip around the United States to go find out who we are. I'm in this co-creation with the universe of how good can it get? Beautiful. Thank you. Oh, you know, what comes to mind is really that amazing evolution of a journey that you've been on. Like I wrote down breaking generational curses. And when I hear that, I also emerges as the word breaking generational curses and healing from trauma. And it sounds like what you've done is you decided and declared you're going to look your generational curse and trauma in the face and run straight at it through selling your primary residence, going out and finding and realizing you were always there. How absolutely beautiful in finding your fierce. So would you say today you've found it? Yeah, hands down. I have to say that this goes back to me even with starting to make a budget because everything that I have done has been in the face of fear. I remember when I created my first budget that I was afraid if I did that, I wasn't going to have control over my money that I wasn't going to be able to have any fun anymore. That turned out to be a lie because for the first time, I felt in control. I felt like I knew where my money was going. I remember being absolutely terrified. It was the fear that kept me drinking and not being able to make it two days without having a drink because who was I without alcohol? That was my identity. I had no idea that we could change our identities and that we could 
do it with just one decision. It's been this evolution of, okay, I'm afraid of this thing. That's the exact thing that I need to do. So I tell people everything that we want is on the other side of everything that we don't want to do. Yeah. Isn't that true? When you're facing your fear, you find your fears and it's through those biggest fears. And I love what you say about that. When we talk about fear, it's something we don't really want to do. We're afraid of it. When we take it head on and choose that one thing that you're most afraid of and push through it, finding out on the other side, it's beautiful. And you're actually more powerful for it. I was just talking to somebody yesterday about this and the fear, especially with anxiety, where anxiety really ensues, really finds power, where it's fed. Here's some people will say, I drink because I have anxiety. And that self-medication portion in being able to face that fear in some of those most anxious spaces, what is it that you would share when someone says something like that? I drink because I have fear, I have anxiety. When you're faced with that fear, there's going to be two different voices in your head. There's going to be that voice that wants to quit drinking, that wants to make the big leap, that wants to get the new job. That's your soul calling. That is your spirit speaking. That is the future version of you. Those are the things that you absolutely actually desire. And then there's going to be that other voice that shows up. It's going to start talking crap and it's going to want to keep you safe. And it's going to want to always keep you where you are because that's your ego. And it's designed to keep you safe and to protect you. And it doesn't want any changes. So it's in that moment, getting super quiet and listening. And which one is actually telling the truth? Is this fear going to be something that actually kills me? Am I in a cage with a tiger? Or is this just some story that I've concocted up in my head that says that I'm going to be more poor, that everything's going to fall apart, that I'm going to lose all of my friends, that I won't be fun anymore. My life is going to be miserable if I quit drinking. Is that really the truth? Or is that just a past version of you? That's all you know. Which two of those voices is speaking your truth? And who you actually want to be. That's powerful. I resonate with what you shared as far as your ego in those two voices. So your soul is calling you. That is powerful. And so very true. Your soul is calling you. Isn't that interesting? When someone thinks about stopping drinking or stopping something that isn't serving them in that voice that says, yeah, right. Why would you do that? All your friends are going to leave you behind. And then you have no one. And the, here's the thing. And well, what's the worst that could happen? Yeah, maybe you do have no one. Or maybe you have yourself and you figured out who you are. And you actually learn to self-care and learn to like yourself. Maybe even learn to love yourself. And through doing that, perhaps... Just perhaps there's other people that you didn't realize were in their own jail that you're able to release for them because you can talk all you want. 
but the actual action of when people follow and see, oh, hey, she did it. I've been thinking about it, scared to do it. But if she did it, maybe I'll try it out. And we talk about doing it five minutes at a time and finding your fears. How do you find your fears? Do it five minutes at a time because anybody can do something they don't want to do or they're afraid of doing for five minutes. It's profound that message that you're sharing as you're facing your fear. What do you say to somebody who says, well, I'm going to lose all my friends? Again, it comes back to listening to those two different voices. The story we like to tell ourselves is that we're all alone in our heads with our problems, that nobody else is experiencing what we're experiencing. And it couldn't be further from the truth because there are so many people out there that are going through the same exact thing. It's listening. Am I actually going to lose my friends? Is that another fear? Because abandonment, that's everybody's worried about being judged. But eventually, the pain of staying the same gets to be greater than the pain of change. And so it's continually listening to that inside voice, finding that fierceness. I have been challenged many times throughout the last couple of years on that inner voice. I have to shut everybody else out because nobody else is living my life. So what is it that I want? What feels true to me? The more I continue to listen to that inner voice, the more confident I feel, the more connected I feel, the higher my vibration is. And people see that. Those were all fears that I had. It's obviously changed the people around me, but in the most magical way possible. I had no idea that people that wanted to change the world and make things better existed. I thought everybody walked around and complained and things were just chaos and stressful, but you can find peace because you are your own inner guru. And it's really just listening to that inside voice, leaning into the fear, and then getting quiet and listening to yourself. What is the truth? And what is trying to keep holding me back? What would you say would be a first step for someone who's just trying to figure out how to listen to this inner voice you speak of? First step is shutting everything off. I would go so far as to just say, write down, get out a piece of paper and a pen. What do I want for my life? Because I ask people that question and the majority of the time, the answer I get is, I don't know. And that's a scary thing because these are people's lives we're talking about and we don't have a direction. We just do what we're told to do, what we thought we were supposed to do. I went and checked all of the boxes. I got the amazing partner. I had the two kids. I had the house. I had the dream job. I checked all of the boxes, but there was still something inside of me that was screaming to be let out. It was by asking myself, what do I want out of this life? Just Let your heart speak. Think about all of the limitations of why it's not possible. This is just your dreaming phase because what you think is what you will create. So if you're always scrapping for money, 
you're going to continue scrapping for money. Mm-hmm. But if you start thinking about life in different ways of, okay, this is where I can start making some changes. It's literally just by getting quiet and asking that one question of what do I want out of this life? Yes. And isn't it interesting? I love, what do I want out of this life? Because like you said, it could be, a, mm, I don't know. And it could also be a laundry list long and everything in between. So the first time that I sat down and asked myself, what do I want? It was hard and getting silent and getting quiet and just sitting. Like I, I didn't used to sit. I didn't used to be quiet. I didn't used to listen because why? I had all these excuses. Oh, I'm too busy. Oh, I can't do that. I, I don't like sitting still. Oh, I don't, I don't do that. Just like you said, it's your soul calling you. And for me, it was God being able to sit with my God and realize the beautiful journey that we're on. We're spiritual beings on a human experience, being able to honor that. And what's interesting is once you get into this space of kids are a little bit older, and then you start to look up because then you're, especially after the kids sleep all night, you're like, oh, wait, I'm a human. I have other things that I want to pursue in my life besides just momming. And it's not just, it's and. I am I'm a person too. And I wonder if there's there's quite a few people that probably resonate with that as your kids get older, realizing that there's something something more perhaps for you. I'd love to learn a little bit more about what is Sister Berta. Sister Berta has, of course, been this evolution. We talk about that one question of what do I want out of this life? And the first time I wrote the answers to that question, I set the bar really low and then started checking those things off the box. I was like, that was a lot easier than I thought. I continually ask myself, what is it out of this life that I want? And it continues to evolve. And my identity has now shifted how many different times you mentioned labels and things like that. And I've just taken off all of the labels of who I think I am and just allowing myself to be. You mentioned about God and my spiritual journey has looked a little bit different. I grew up going to church with a best friend, I would go to church on Sundays and we did Sunday school and things like that. But then in my teenage years and in my 20s, when I was in the full alcohol party scene and everything like that, I became agnostic and I didn't really think that there was anything out there. It really wasn't until last summer that I had this spiritual awakening because I had done so much inner work. And then I was like, it all makes sense. Sister Berta has just naturally come together. I became ordained probably six, seven years ago to marry a best friend of mine. I think I've performed around 17 weddings or something now. And people would be like, what do we call you? They would say mother or something like that. I was like, no, I'm Sister Berta because I'm your sister. Berta was my nickname since I've been a sophomore in high school, which actually stems from like my great grandmother's name. It just became this thing where, again, it's this calling inside of me. First off, I feared and I was like, please don't let this be it. 
I do not want to be the person that spreads a message about love, but that is exactly where everything has led me to because I truly believe that love is the answer to everything. And it starts with loving ourselves first, loving Mm -hmm. ourselves hard enough to face the fear, to push through it, to do the things that our soul actually wants us to do and co-create with the universe. Sister Berta is now somebody that spreads a message of love. And I just want people to know that I'm here to love them without conditions, zero judgment, because I've already walked through the flames and I've come out the other side. It's the feeling that I wish that I could let people try on. And people that get in my space naturally feel that. That is who and where Sister Berta came from. I'm just having fun with this. Yeah, it sounds fun. And I love and how it's emerged. And so Sister Berta on a journey of love through helping teach self-love, guiding on love, and maybe even creating the new definition of love within a couple, within yourself, and within the world. Isn't that interesting? It comes right back to, like you said, the thing that you fear most, and perhaps that's your soul calling, your higher power calling, saying, hey, you're missing the point. This is who you are. Remember who you are. What I've found in my journey is it's not necessarily learning something new. It's remembering something true. On our journey, our human journey, we forget who we are. Sometimes you remember when you're four years old, you're five years old, you look at a four or five-year-old, they know who they are. And then life happens and we forget. That is absolutely profound, Sister Berta. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And thank you for offering up that love for all to share. And however they decide to define that, perhaps it's five minutes at a time. Perhaps it's starting on your own self-love journey and they reach out to you and you can hold their hand through that journey. Perhaps it's, hey, on my journey, I've found love. And now I would love for you to create that new definition of love for a couple. Or perhaps it's guiding someone on how they prefer or they would love to create an impact in the world. Same thing, Sister Bird is there to help guide you. Profound. Thank you. And there's a question that I ask every guest as we're coming to an end, although I'd love to talk all day and we'll have many more sessions. All of us have 24 hours in a day. No more, no less. If a magic wand were to give you an extra five minutes, 24 hours and five minutes, what would you do with it? I know this is going to come as a shock, but (laughs) I would do nothing. I would sit with myself. We live in a society that we do. And when we're not doing, then we're numbing ourselves out and trying to keep ourselves occupied with social media, television, other people's problems, drinking, whatever it may be. It's getting quiet. And it's listening to that inside voice. And what is it telling me? Just practicing gratitude in those five minutes, being so thankful, so proud of the things that I've been through and getting to this point. And that can be anywhere on 
anybody's timeline, whether you're still in the thick of it or you've made it through. It's being proud and in the moment, really being present with all of it because that's all we have is in the moment. It's filling that five minutes with love. Yes. Thank you. What a gift. Thank you for being a guest on Finding Your Fears today. Thank you so much for having me. I just love jamming with you and we have so much fun. We always do. And I love seeing you continually evolve into the highest and greatest essence of self. It just feels right. It feels aligned. And as I continue to do this, the messages get stronger and stronger. And that fierceness, it builds in the confidence. Okay. I've already done the impossible. I've already done X, Y, and Z that I never thought I could. And I've done that. So what's next? What's next? Yes. And what's next? So thank you for being on Finding Your Fears podcast. Everyone who's listening, what is next for you? Hop in, check out Sister Berta, and perhaps see what might be next on your Finding Your Fears journey. Thank you, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Finding Your Fears podcast. Be sure to hit the follow button so you get notified every time a new episode releases. Please share this episode with someone who might want a little more fierce in their life. And for more information about how we can work together, go to carolyncolleen.com. Talk to you soon.